You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Dear Artie, today in your baptism, God has put His name on you, the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, to adopt you into His family to declare you to be holy by the one who is himself worshipped as holy, holy, holy. And dear Chris and Alex and Artie, today you will, in a few minutes, stand here to confess your faith in God the Father who created you, God the Son, our Lord Jesus, who has redeemed you, and God the Holy Spirit who sanctifies you. You will join yourself to the fellowship of the Lord's teaching and to the Lord's altar You will come forward to commune and partake in the gifts that issue from the heavenly council. This is Trinity Sunday, which means that today we especially consider the greatest of all the mysteries of the Christian confession, that God is one, that that the Father is God, that the Son is God, that the Holy Spirit is God, And that the Father is not the Son, neither is the Son the Spirit, neither is the Holy Spirit the Father, but there are three distinct persons in the unity of the Godhead. Now, this is indeed a great mystery. In fact, the greatest mystery in the universe. Which is why we don't say that we understand or we comprehend the doctrine of the Trinity, but rather we confess the Trinity. The the creeds do not begin, I understand God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, but I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. So that when we gather together, when we are gathered in the Lord's name as His church to confess the mystery of the Holy Trinity, we are not confessing what we understand, but in fact confessing what the Scriptures say and reflecting the language and the teaching of God's Word. In fact, for our consideration of this this morning, we have this beautiful text from Isaiah 6, which is Isaiah's call into the prophetic office, which means it's the day that Isaiah was brought into the heavenly council. The year was 740 B.C. That's the year that King Uzziah died. And Isaiah was doing his priestly duties in the temple when all of a sudden the curtain of this earthly reality was pulled back and Isaiah finds himself standing in the heavenly court before the throne of God. Now, Pastor Flamey and I have been talking and teaching and preaching a lot about the heavenly council and the heavenly court. And a number of you have asked about this because I think this language, the heavenly council, sounds strange to our ears. Uh, The church hasn't been, hasn't been talking about it for a generation or so. But Pastor Flamey and I are both convinced that this is an incredibly important part of the biblical witness. And the picture is this. In the ancient world, the king would have a chamber, a court, where he would hold forth. And in that room, in that space, a number of things would happen. There was a throne. And the king would sit on the throne, he would hear disputes, he would issue judgments, he would make decrees, he would listen to the petitions of the people, to the advice of his counselors and his friends and so forth. Now the picture of heaven that the scripture gives us is something like this. There is a throne where the Lord sits and there is a crowd around this throne. 
Now, this is the first thing I think that needs adjusting in our imagination. At least it does in mine. For years, as I imagine heaven or the throne of God, it was a kind of empty place or a lonely place. Uh, God was there, but God alone was there. But in the Scriptures, God is never alone. Heaven is always pictured as a crowded place. There is, first of all, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The heavenly council, in its most basic form, most basic level, is simply the conversation between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the three persons of the Trinity. And then around God are the angels. First, the four living creatures, which show up in a number of places in heaven. Remember, they have the six wings with covered with eyes, and they have the four heads of an ox and a man and an eagle and a lion. And they are around the throne of God, always singing His praises. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And then around them, angels. Not just one or two, but thousands In fact, thousands of thousands, that's millions or something. (laughs) It's a lot. Myriads, we say, surrounded by angels. And then there's people there, the saints that have gone before us. And there is smoke filling the place. And there's singing. This is the council chamber of the Holy Trinity. And it is a loud and very busy and active place. There are, according to the Scriptures, a number of things happening there in the heavenly council. We'll consider three. First, and perhaps most important, judgment is being made. Now, at first, this sounds like a frightful sort of thing because we normally think of judgment as condemnation, and indeed we should. That's what we deserve. I mean, imagine if the Lord in His court is hearing the evidence of your case, your life, your sins, your failures, and, and he's going to make a judgment about that? I mean, we should be pronounced guilty. We should be condemned. But look, in the, heavenly, in the heavenly council, you have an advocate who stands before the throne of God, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And he is there presenting evidence, not of your sin, but of his, of his death, not of your failure, but of his life, of his blood. And the, God the Father hears that, sees that evidence, looks at the case, and he declares you to be not guilty, acquitted. The heavenly council is making judgments, and the judgment about you is that you are righteous and you are holy. Now, the second thing that happens in the heavenly council is the hearing of petitions, what we normally talk about as prayer. (laughs) This, This room is filled with smoke. The Bible says. Oh, in, in, uh, in Isaiah, in Ezekiel, in Revelation, whenever we get a glimpse of the heavenly council, it's filled with incense. And this incense is a picture of prayer. The saints' prayers on earth, rising up to the attention of the throne of God. The Holy Spirit is with us here on earth, helping us pray. And the Lord Jesus, who, is all, who always lives to intercede for us, takes our prayers and presents them to God the Father in heaven. And then the third thing that happens in that heavenly council is worship. In Revelation, the saints that are there throw their crowns before the Lamb who sits on the throne. The the angels are praising the Lord for who He is and for what He has done. For salvation that comes from that place. For the incarnation. For the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus. 
and for all the work of God the Father and the Spirit. That is why we see, as Isaiah enters into this heavenly council, we hear the angels praising God, holy, holy, holy. And that's why we sing every Sunday that same eternal hymn, the Sanctus, when we gather in the Lord's church. So judgment and prayer and worship are what is happening around the throne of God, which is good for everyone who is around the throne of God. But what about for us? Jesus still has us here on earth for a little while. And this is why the vision of Isaiah brings us such comfort. Isaiah was not simply brought into that heavenly council for his own sake, but for our sake as well. Remember the text. It is an astonishing text. Isaiah stands before the throne of God, and he sees God in his holiness, and he comes undone. The words that come out of his lips are amazing. Woe is me, he says, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst a people of unclean lips. Isaiah doesn't even want to open his eyes. He knows that he is not worthy to stand there in the presence of God. But then something amazing happens. An angel comes from the altar with a coal burning from the sacrifice. Now, this sacrifice is Jesus, the eternal death that stands as uh, against your sin in the heavenly council. And the angel brings a coal from that sacrifice and comes and touches Isaiah. And listen to the words, your iniquity is taken away. Your sin is absolved. Isaiah is declared righteous and holy, innocent and clean. But look, this coal is not pressed to Isaiah's forehead or to his heart, but to his lips. Why? So that Isaiah could speak what he sees in the heavenly council to us on earth. So that he could preach. So that he could declare. So that he could promise so that he could be a messenger from that place to us, to the Lord's people on earth. This, I suppose, it would be a fourth thing that happens in the heavenly council, but it doesn't happen in the heavenly council at all. Things are sent forth from that place to us. When Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father, he sent from that place his Holy Spirit to the earth, to us. The Lord in the Old Testament sent prophets and in the New Testament sends apostles and preachers from that heavenly council. The Lord sends forth His Word, His law and His gospel, His scripture, and He even sends forth from that place His body and His blood so that the reality of the heavenly council, the the content of the heavenly conversation could be heard with our ears on earth. So that the salvation of the heavenly council could be tasted by our lips on earth. So that the certainty of heaven would find its way into our hearts and into our consciences, even as we live in this valley of tears. So God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit have established the hearing of their conversation, their holy and gracious conversation, even on the earth, even here in the Lord's church and here at his altar. In this place, we are gathered to worship God, 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to sing His praise, to join our voices to the voice of the four living creatures around His throne and sing, Holy, Holy, Holy. And here on earth we are gathered to offer our prayers and our petitions to the Lord, which rise up as incense before His face and are brought and gathered up by Jesus to be put into the Father's ear. And here, most importantly, we are gathered in the name of the Lord to listen to His judgments, to hear His verdict. And it is this. Christ has died and is risen. Your sins are forgiven. Now look, this worship and this prayer and this absolution are begun in this place, but they will continue forever. You will have these things in life and in death to life eternal, into heaven and into the resurrection, world without end, because God the Father has done it, has sent forth His Son to die for you. From Him and through Him And to Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.